Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello, welcome to a very regal Disney Brit. Good evening. This is the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio. And that's a bit of Handel's music from the Royal Fireworks. Look at that. Because if you are in the UK, we are live this evening and it is indeed bonfire night, which I think is only a UK tradition. And joining me on this wonderfully explosive evening is Juz. Hello, Juz. Hello, Adam. Hello, hello, Kez. Hello. Look at that. I thought we'd do something a bit fireworky. Because it's bonfire night and everything, and I've been out already this evening, and I've seen lots of fireworks, and and uh, I suppose people in the US don't necessarily understand bonfire night, do they? Well, not unless Guy Fawkes nipped over there and tried to blow up their houses of parliament as well. So in, basically, for those <laughs> of you who are US listeners, let's fill you in a little bit of British history. Bonfire night basically is our sadistic and twisted way of celebrating a man called Guy Fawkes who tried to blow up King James I by putting a load of gunpowder underneath the houses of parliament and killing him. And to uh, basically celebrate this particular event that nearly happened that didn't, we build big bonfires made from lots of rubbish and burn a man made from clothing and hay on top of it so children can watch it burn and then we set off fireworks into the sky is that a f- fair I'm assumption made of clothes and hay now you tell me <laughs> <laughs> except for if you're up in the north where Juz is then they just stick criminals on there um so it's all fair anyone who's passing <laughs> if you're passing then it, you know you shouldn't have got in the way but uh what we're going to be doing tonight is we've got some uh, news and rumors as always to talk about and kez has been off on her very very belated honeymoon and she went out to california and enjoyed all of the wonderful things that california has to offer so uh what we thought we'd do is we would talk to kez this evening about her california adventure and about all the stuff that she did while she was out there and compare some of the attractions to so walt disney world versions disneyland paris versions and california versions i think you're the only one out of the three of us that's actually had the opportunity to sort of go out there and experience them all but before we do that, um, I think there's a bit of news that we really, really need to discuss because I think this is possibly one of the biggest pieces of Disney news in a long, long time. And that is the news about Disney spending $4.05 billion on Lucasfilm and, and taking over the Star Wars franchise. Juz, when you first heard this news, what was your initial reaction? Um, I'd, I'd, you know... <clears throat> I'm not the world's greatest Star Wars fan. No. It was a bit like, oh, that's a lot of money. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it all finished and done and completed years ago. It's like, oh. No, clearly not. Um, Kez, now I think you're a bit of a 
Star Wars fan, aren't you? So what was sort yes. of your, your impression of this? I thought it was a really good idea because um, I think it's quite a, an apt partnership between the two companies because obviously George Lucas is a, a brilliant creative mind so it seemed like a logical step that those two would finally merge at some point. So I think that um, they're going to do good things with the films as well. Uh, well yeah, exactly. And, and I think we need to look at this in a, a theme park sense as well. If you were listening to Iron Orlando yesterday... It's just Star my... Wars right now. God. Well, yeah. Me and uh, <laughs> Nick were talking about this uh, quite a while on Iron Orlando, Orlando last night, which was um, this, I think... Is this a bigger scoop than Universal getting Harry Potter? Uh, no. You don't, don't think it think... is? younger generation are that into Star Wars like they were Harry Potter. Now, if you release a film and, you know, and of course it'll have Johnny Depp in it because every Disney film <laughs> Depp in it or Tom Hanks because he's got about another six to go with Disney, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you're probably going to get that cult status back in. So they're doing it the opposite way round. Buying a company, releasing the film to get people to come back in. Okay. Mm. Kez? Yeah, I think... Um... I don't think it's going to be as big as Harry Potter because obviously, like Star Wars, is mainly a seventies thing. And we had those yeah. three other films which weren't really up to the standard of the originals. And I think that when they've released the, the last three of the set, then I think that will bring people back in. But it's very much kids go to Disney and they're like, "Oh wow, Star Wars! This is cool!" And they get involved in the Jedi Academy. Yeah. But other than that, unless they watch the cartoons and stuff on Sky, I don't think it's really a big thing like Harry Potter. Do we think we're... Unless they bring out a film where Anakin goes to a secret Jedi school (laughs) and there's an evil kid there called Vader. Yeah, 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 okay. I like this. (laughs) And they pick different areas and they have a bit of an adventure and there's a big fellow who lives in a little house outside the school who has spiders. Just saying. The the only problem is, okay, um, being the Star Wars geek, Anakin and Darth Vader are the same person. Um, so that's going to be difficult to do No, that. that's the whole story. <laughs> Anakin and his amazing twin brother. It's called the first one, Stone. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I was about to say George Lucas is probably turning in his grave, but he's not because he's not in one. Um, he's turning in a bed full of money, giggling. <laughs> he is indeed. There's just a massive bed full of money that he's currently lying in and pointing and going, yes, I have built an empire and I have just basically just taken a lot of money from you all. But surely we are expecting a Star Wars theme park, are we not, at some point? At least a land, if not a theme park. I would go with a land. Yeah, a land, maybe not a whole theme park. Because there's been um, kind of a rumour about there being a Star Wars land in Disneyland Paris that's been sort of spreading around for a while. Mm. We've had the, the character meet and greets going on there and there's a big area now that's, that's almost kind of defunct in that back area. You've got a Buzz Lightyear's Pizza Planet, which, okay, is great. Takes up a lot of space, though, for, for what it is. You've got Captain EO, who's now completely disappeared. That used to be the old Honey, I Shrunk the Audience uh, area. That's got nothing in it anymore. You've got the Discovery Land train station, which is high above, and you can actually walk underneath the train station. And I just wonder whether or not, with Star Tours being there already, Star Tours 2 gets its update, and then the whole of that area becomes a brand new Star Wars land. There's so much space back there for them to build with. Or create a new sci-fi park with Avatar and Star Wars. Well, that's another question we we talked about last (laughs) night. The hold-up with Avatar, could that have anything to do with the fact that Disney were working on Star Wars and maybe James Cameron got wind of it and was unhappy? Or or I don't know. What what do you think? Is this going to have some sort of knock-on effect? Well, 
I think he's unhappy that George Lucas got four billion dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he's got annual passes for life. Uh, if they can build an avatar park. Do you reckon you get that as well? You yeah, do you reckon? And one annual passes for life. And we're going, George, you've just given you four billion. <laughs> he's just bought one of the houses. And a house in Golden Oak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine. But he's still going to have some creative input, I believe, in the new Star Wars trilogy that, that's now going to be coming out. Um, but I think it's a brilliant thing. I, I think it's absolutely mm. fantastic. I'm so pleased that they've done it. You know, it will rejuvenate some of maybe Hollywood studios with some of the areas. Maybe we're going to get a brand new park or even an area. Uh, you know, it's going to bring new life to things like Star Wars weekends. They're going to have no problems now with what they want to do with Star Wars weekends if they want to expand that. You know, there's, there's no problems with licensing mm. and all that sort of stuff because they now own that license. And I kind of think, we were laughing about this, I was joking about this with a friend the other day, that um, those of you who follow English soccer, we've got some teams in this country who basically got billionaire owners who then went and bought every single expensive player they could so they had the best team in the world. So we have a team called Chelsea and we have Roman Abramovich who's got who's a billionaire and just goes and buys the best players so they can beat everybody. And it's like Disney is slowly becoming the Chelsea of the theme park world. <laughs> Where they're buying, they've That's bought a good Marvel. Thing at the moment to say, yeah, they bought Marvel and they bought Pixar, and now they've bought Lucasfilm. It's like, well, there's not many more companies they can actually buy out uh, than um, than the ones they've done already. But it, it was a bit of a joke I was having with somebody the other day. Uh, but oh, witty people. We are witty in in our own heads. It was hysterical, <laughs> uh, just not necessarily in yours. But I'm, I'm pleased to see Star Wars is coming out. I'm hoping that this is going to be a, a, a positive expansion uh, that's, that's going to be coming to the parts. So we'll see what happens. But I suppose uh, we better do some news and rumours, shall we? Because uh, if we mm. don't, we're going to run out of time for everything else that we've got planned. So let's get on with this week's Disney Brit news and rumours. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. It's starting this week, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed. Uh, okay, let's open to Epcot to start off with. And we're going to be looking at uh, Test Track because its new look has been unveiled this week and you're going to have the opportunity to see it really clearly. And it's got a brand new colour scheme out the front. It's now going to be a, a sort of mixture of dark and light blues. And um, the attraction itself is due to open on December the 6th. Interesting choice of date, bearing in mind that's exactly the same day as the grand opening of the new Fantasyland area. But mm. uh, the Disney Parks blog have... Um, Posted some pictures. We've got them over on DisneyBook.com. Um, and you can um, take a look at what the new uh, front is going to look like. The old sort of pavilion kind of entrance that used to have the big marquee front is still there. But now there's two huge T's over the front of it in a dark and light blue with a Chevrolet logo at the very, very bottom that sort of adorns the very, very front you walk underneath. There's a brand new centerpiece symbol which has got Test Track presented by Chevrolet on the front of it and there's a lot of these bluish sort of colours. But other than that, the entrance is looking very, very similar although it does have one of the new cars outside the front of it or just the side of it where the new Coca-Cola area is. Um, interestingly that we know a lot about what it's going to look like what we really don't know at all is what's going to be in it still we're waiting to hear more information other than it's going to be a unique ride which is going to give each person a unique experience um, and we're kind of hoping that they're going to kind of reveal a little bit more bearing in mind it's not going to be long till I would think previews start to happen 
with it opening December 6th. I would think sometime in the middle of this month, maybe towards the end of this month, we're going to get previews for Test Track. But the front's certainly looking quite cool. It's uh, certainly taken away that dated look of what it used to look like with the Test mm. Track dummies and gives it a bit more of a, what I think is a, an Epcot kind of feel. I don't know whether you guys agree, Jos. Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I've heard rumours about what the ride's going to be like, if you want to hear that. Yeah, what what have you heard? I have heard that um, you go on the first bit, um, you pull up at a gas station, you can't believe the price of gas, it's astronomical, <laughs> and then they send you outside, but because you can't afford the gas, it breaks down, and then you spend two hours waiting in the sunshine for AAA to come along and restart you off and get back home. Don't even joke. It's it's more of a real-life experience. First thing very similar happened to me on Friday to that, so don't even joke about it. And wheels get shredded then if you want to make it really real. (laughs) (laughs) You find a large steel pin in your tyre and it shreds your wheel, Yeah, and then you have to sit for three hours and wait to be picked up by a tow truck. Uh, yeah, so you've I'm, already done it. You've tried the UK I've tried version it, yeah. and tested it. And, and the worst bit is the tow truck picked me up and didn't even speak in some sort of South American drawl, which was really disappointing. Kez, new test track? I, I think it looks really, really wicked from the outside, and I think it really um, updates the look of Epcot, because obviously it's supposed to be like this futuristic, cutting-edge technology, and it was looking a bit dated. Yes, it was. And now it looks very Tron from the outside. Must say, so I'm excited to see what the inside's going to look like. Tron's a good comparison. I like that, but I, I kind of are you this guys the same that we don't really have a massive idea as what's happening with the attraction, mm. what's coming and what isn't. I'd love to know what they're thinking about doing, uh, but um, hey, we'll find out, I suppose. So that is the new test track uh, that's going to be opening sixth of November. You'll be able to find out a little bit more about that. But just let's head over to Downtown Disney, where I believe there's some cool new additions. Well, coolish. Yeah, the little statues have moved into downtown Disney. Um, some of these guys, sort of like from Fantasy Pavilion, you might remember them from. Or in my case, if you've ever seen the film Hot Fuzz, um, mm-hmm. that's where I remember the living statue from. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, they're down now in downtown Disney. Anything like this, I think, is great. It's free entertainment. I think they add something to the area. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to knock it because I think downtown Disney just requires this kind of free family entertainment. So I'm all for it. So you're really looking, you know, I think we went here, I'm trying to think when it was that I last saw this. It was 2010 and we walked through downtown Disney outside the American Adventure and uh, there was a load of them there then and they were kind of, people weren't expecting them to be there and there was probably three or four around there that were hanging out, people were taking photos, things like that. And I thought it was just maybe an outside company that were just doing something as a, a sort of stopgap, but it seems that maybe that could have been a test and this now is something that's going to be permanent they're going to have in there uh, for what seems to be quite a while, which would be good. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that being there. Is this, though, kind of because the new warfare Hyperion warfare area has kind of disappeared off the edge of a cliff, I suppose. You know, it kind of sad, isn't it? That's why it is this kind of thing down there for Mm. the time. Yeah. And I want to be a star Wars area. (laughs) Star Wars, (laughs) Star Wars living statues. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Sorry. That would be quite nice. I don't know. Um, it's kind of, they're like trying to fill the area, aren't they? While Hyperion Wolf is in half construction mode. Mm. Um, Kaz, you were the one who went to sort of Disney World the most recently. Did you get to go down to the Hyperion Wolf area of downtown Disney? Was it I still spent looking... quite a lot of time down there, actually, and on the way down to Bongos because they had a thing called yeah. the Wonderful Festival uh-huh. and they had loads of great bands playing. 
and we used to spend the nights watching the bands but um, I saw this in 2009, I think it was, when they were trying to cover the front of the Adventurers Club. Yeah. They put all those bushes that are still there now, but they had these two living statues, which were more Greek-type statues, um, outside doing their thing. Okay. But, I don't know, it's not really for me. Just bring back the Adventurers Club and yeah, the Comedy well, Warehouse. I think, we all, <laughs> I think we all agree with that. Comedy Warehouse and Adventurers Club would be great if you could just bring them back. Thank you very, very it's good. much. They're bringing the live music, and I really do like uh, the live bands and stuff. Yeah. And that's, that was a highlight of the holiday, really. But, uh, yeah, just back the Adventures Club. <laughs> yeah, please do. Okay, that is uh, The Living Statues in downtown Disney. Let's head over to the Animal Kingdom. And what seems to be, well, maybe something new. Yes, they've leaked plans, um, some blueprints of what still might be coming because it's not sure if this Avatar expansion is actually still happening. Um, but the plans that we've got on our website is... Um, for just one attraction and it's at the moment it's called FP08 Ride 1 right okay yeah it it consists of a queue line with a much larger area on the left and you can see on the second plan down on our website you can see like a track for a dark ride with a much larger area to the left and a tiny track so we don't know what this bit on the oh what is that we seem to be ringing that was very weird keep going (laughs) I think we lost Jazz, maybe. Yeah, we have, but that's fine. I'll, I'll get him back, and that's what I was doing. I was trying to call him, and it seems to have just oh, gone through to his answer. Have we got him back? I don't know. Keep going. and we'll, He'll okay. pick up. He'll pick up. <laughs> um, right, and this thing seems to be on three floors, with the third floor um, being kind of where the uh, queue, um, sorry, where the ride exits and all the control room and stuff for the ride is. Um, not So it doesn't really give you much details, other than there seems to be on this third floor for um theater type areas like different holding areas yeah so i don't know if they're going to do a thing um like is it stitch live has two separate auditoriums or something like that stitch live doesn't but uh like um the stitch attraction in tomorrowland does mm. such a great escape so i'm wondering if they're, they're just going to play the same show obviously in the four theaters and just to keep the flow of people going through i would think so yeah don't but we don't have that. much more details than that. So no, other than it seems to be a dark ride with some kind of track in it. Yeah, and strangely and... enough, you know, this has all come out and we thought this could be Avatar Land and everyone was saying, this is Avatar, this is Avatar, mm. this is Avatar. And then the same week, Disney then announces um, Star Wars. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like, well, could this possibly not only be Star Wars uh, instead of Avatar Land as well, and Ooh, what would they do? I, I don't know. It's it's kind of you know everyone. I think we jumped on the fact that it, this could be Avatar Land because it was quite a big attraction. It was quite a big area, and there was mm. nothing else to be announced. Because with Avatar, I see it being more like um, outside type attractions and things um, like merging with nature and yeah. the environment rather than like masses of indoor like attraction. Yeah. Because in Animal Kingdom, everything apart from like obviously Nemo and stuff mm. and and. Um, but even the Lion King still feels like it's semi-outside, whereas this feels like it would be a big industrial building. Yes. So I quite like the idea that this could be something related to Star Wars. They've been talking about a lot of rock work on the outside. What do you think, Jez? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Jez yeah, in the connection no, and he's come connection. back and he has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, to do it. You say, I say. We were just say talking about um, the, the plans, these blueprints that came up about what could possibly be Avatar Land and whether or not maybe this could be something Star Wars related as well. Um, yeah, it's Avatar. You think it's Avatar? Yeah. 
It's Avatar. I'm going to have Star Wars. It's going to be Disney sci-fi world. I'll probably have Smurfs. Smurfs. <laughs> Smurfs that live. Basically Smurfs are uh, Avatar people that haven't grown up. Yeah. Sure it, is. it could just be very far away. Just very, very far away indeed. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at the Avatar people from a long distance away. What colour does a Smurf go if you choke it? Just a Purple. question, putting it out there. If anybody knows the answer, please do email us, uh, radio at disneybrit.com. We can, can tweet us out we at do Disneybrit. Not, uh, encourage people to you know, <laughs> choke Smurfs. Yeah, we do not condone any sort of choking of CGI <laughs> or cartoon characters. Please do not do that. That would be great. Um, right, okay, so that's the Avatar Land stuff. You can go over to disneybrit.com. You can find the plans on there. And we've got some sort of... Um, I suppose, guess as to what we think those are over there. And really, it is just a guess and nothing more. Uh, Kez, do you want to uh, explain a little bit more about um, the uh, plans for Under the Sea or what's happened been, uh, happening at Under the Sea with regards to 20,000 Leagues? Yes. We've got a clip to play. Everybody. Now, this is a really lovely, beautiful story. Um, so when the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea attraction closed in 1994... They kept some of the water and carefully yep. labelled bottles and they've kept them safe in the headquarters for 18 years. And they had a little ceremony with um, a group of bloggers where they returned some of that water into the area that's now Journey of the Little Mermaid and it's got a little lagoon out the front. And they poured the water from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea into that lagoon to join the past and the present. And we have a video on our website we of this lovely ceremony. And we're going to play the audio of that to you right now. moment planned for you. You will have an opportunity to become part of Magic Kingdom history. Today, we will bring together the legacy of the fantasy land that we've always loved with new fantasy land. You will pour water from the 20,000 leagues under the sea lagoon into Ariel's grotto. You forever uniting our past and our future. I invite you to help me bring the two fantasy lands together as we all become part of Magic Kingdom history. Three, two, one. Disney seem to have some sort of uh, thing to do with water, don't they? Um, I really like the idea. I, 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 I kind of like the idea, but I'm also kind of a bit creeped out about the idea. I like the idea of the fact that they've done this and they've integrated old attraction to new, but the bit that creeps me out is at what point did someone say, do you know what, I think we should bottle some of this water because one day I think it might come in really useful. <laughs> this is but Disney fans do crazy things, so Disney fanatics, like, That's true. we collect the most random things and so it's probably <laughs> just one of those people going, oh, I'd love to have a bit of water. So like, I bet you could sell on eBay for like loads of money water that was in the original lagoon. Probably. Just you don't collect random Disney memorabilia at all, do you? No, I think it's a silly idea. <laughs> do we need <laughs> to go you're through? pour this water that then's going to naturally evaporate, disappear, and it won't be the same water in a while anyway. Well, yeah, all right, but let's... And can I also it's say... the how... thought behind... <laughs> it's the thought that counts. It is, it's the thought <laughs> that... played that soundtrack, and at the end it's like there's three people going... No, there was... There was four... <laughs> you you <laughs> played that soundtrack people. back, the clapping bit at the end. All it's just like four people going... Okay, hang on. Let's see if we can find out. Let's see if we can find out where it is. Okay, here we go. One. Oh yeah, you're actually right. 
<laughs> You're right, it does sound like there's four people. I think it's because everybody else is too busy tipping water out at that particular moment. They'll move further and further away from it going, look, I've got this 18-year-old bottle of water. <laughs> it's green. They did something very similar with uh, when they opened It's a Small World, where they got water from all of the different seas from all over the world and poured them in, yeah. which that I thought was quite nice. So, <laughs> the tap around the back and we believe it. Yeah, basically, that's all it is. Anyway, uh, there is some of our news. We've got some more to share with you in a minute. But before we do that, let's take a little break. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. They are the elite. Drivers confronting the most punishing conditions. They are the new breed of test driver. Mercilessly putting cars through their paces. Who are these masters of the road? Test track at Epcot. See if you've got what it takes. Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or postage surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call toll-free on 0800-975-0002. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. You are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show with your hosts, Adam, Juz, and Kaz. Yeah, we're still here as the uh, Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio. If you want to join in with anything we've been talking about tonight, you can head over to Twitter and you can do at DisneyBrit.com. Also, you can uh, join in by uh, emailing radio at DisneyBrit.com and also by joining over on our Facebook page as well. Right, we were talking about lots of really nice things that are happening, including adding old water to new water and mixing it all up (laughs) a little bit. Well, not only that, uh, we've also got a new attraction over at Disney Hollywood Studios, where over this past week, sneak peeks have been happening happening at the Wreck-It Ralph meet and greet inside Hollywood Studios Art of Animation. Now, I don't know whether any of you guys have been over to DisneyBrit.com yet and had a look at the uh, photos that are over there. We have to say a massive thank you to um, a listener. He's called Joe Hogarty. Uh, He has an annual pass over in Orlando, and he is going to be taking loads and loads of photos for us when he heads out to the park every week or so. Uh, And this is going to be taking some photo updates of loads of great stuff. He has already taken some photos, as I've said, of of the meet and greet Wreck-It Ralph. He's taken a load of uh, Fantasyland photos at the annual pass preview uh, this past week and has sent over another 80 or so photos we're going to be putting up 
later on this evening. And we've got some photos to go up as aerial views from Fantasyland as well, thanks to Nick. But um, this is looking really cool, this new meet and greet over at Hollywood Studios. Have you guys had the chance to check out the photos and uh, see what it's like, Just Yes, I actually did. You actually did? Wow. <laughs> I like the whole Wreck-It Ralph thing. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't believe how long we have to wait for it, but I like the whole concept. Go I- eight bits. Yeah, I, I'm loving the whole eight bit thing. Yeah, we have. I, we've got to wait till February till it comes out. Although I have been, I'm very lucky. I've been invited to a screening in uh, two weeks' time, so I'm going to go and see. Wait, I can't wait. Coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to see that. In uh, I think it's going to be in 3D as well, which would be really awesome. But Kaz, have you you had a chance to look at these? Uh, yeah, they look really good. I like the theming with all the car and stuff. And the eight bit theme is wicked. I love the eight bit theming, and I, I, it's mm. kind of. It's kind of weird that, you know, we talk about how we want all these amazing graphics and everything on games now. And yet, I absolutely love the Wreck-It Ralph game on the on the Disney website, which is all proper old-fashioned 8-bit. And if you go over to um, to Downtown Disney and you go to Disney Quest, they've actually got the proper arcade game versions of Wreck-It Ralph that you can go and play in there as well, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, uh, Wreck-It Ralph uh, won't be able to sign autographs because mm. he kind of has King Louie hands. <laughs> Uh, which is a real shame. I can't remember the name of the girl, though. What's the name of the girl? Anybody Penelope. Know? It's what, sorry? Penelope. 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 Look, you see, you're knowing their names already. You've started making a costume, haven't you? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. And this is the yet yeah. on the end. Sorry, Jess, you going to say something? I have. I've made the whole costume. What, for Wreck-It Ralph? No, Penelope. For Penelope? Oh, is there any chance we can have photos up on the website by the end of the evening? <laughs> secret website. That, oh, that secret website, the one no one knows about. Okay, maybe not then. Um, also, the other thing to point out uh, to check out as well uh, is the new iOS app uh, for Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's 69p, I think it's 99 cents, I think, in the US. And you get the Wreck-It Ralph uh, game, you get a Hero's Duty game, and you get a game based on the Sugar Rush area of the game as well. I haven't bought it yet. I've, I need to, to buy it and play it. It looks awesome. But that's definitely one to go and check out if you uh, fancy that. So uh, that's the new meet and greet that's going on over there. Just there's been some changes or additions to the Osborne family spectacle of lights, I believe. Yeah, Osborne's really crossed that they didn't get $4 billion for their lights. <laughs> so he's taking them all back. All right, okay. He's he, you know, he died a few years ago. He has family. He does have family. That's true. Exactly, and they're taking them back. I didn't expect him to take them back. Although, to be honest, if he did come and take them back, that'd be amazing. You imagine that? Um, yeah, it's the Goofy's Winter Wonderland, um, which has been added onto it, which I think is great. I think the whole Osborne lights are amazing anyway. But there's going to be a Goofy's Winter Wonderland area right on the streets of America. Um, there'll also be an eight dancing musical sequence, a special arrangement of Winter Wonderland. The whole spectacle begins on November the 9th, which is only four days away till January the 6th. And probably Duncan can go tricks. He's on a cruise he and he's back at Disney. Oh. <laughs> oh, Craig Duncan just keeps tweeting that he's in Nassau and he's in Castaway Key. And... Yeah. Uh, how, to, how to go off someone. Yeah. <laughs> how to lose <laughs> friends and alienate people. I, I text him this afternoon. Then yeah. he goes, yeah, I'm busy. I'm doing pin trading with Lou. Oh, is he really? <laughs> oh, man. So he's not only is he on a cruise, he's trying to hobnob with the big wigs. <laughs> little wigs. The little wigs, is that what it is? <laughs> I love it. That's quite funny, bless him. Uh, Kaz. Yes. Um, on it... the uh, theme of Disney Cruises, yeah. there's been an announcement that the uh, Disney Cruise Line will sell to Jamaica for the first time in 2013. Ooh. Um, 
the new seven night Western Caribbean cruise will stop at Jamaica, departing from Gavel. Gavelston in late 2013. In addition to Falmouth, Jamaica, these voyages will call on Grand Cayman, Cozumel, Mexico. So, what are the, some of the best things to do in Jamaica? Nature lovers can snorkel with, in the turquoise waters and relax on the beautiful beaches. Take a bamboo rif- raft ride along Martha Brea River for exceptional views of the island's lush tropical scenery, or visit nearby Ocho Rios to see the spectacular Duns River Falls. If you're looking to experience the history and culture of Jamaica, you can explore Falmouth, one of the Caribbean's best-preserved Georgian towns. Whether you take a trip through time on a horse and buggy ride, shop for arts and crafts, or indulge in a meal with Jamaica's signature jerk recipes, you'll most definitely enjoy your time in this quaint port town. That sounds and awesome. I just wish I had the money to go on it, because it sounds I know, amazing. And I bet you it's going to be absolutely ridiculously priced as well. As lovely as mm-hmm. it would be, I don't think I'm <laughs> ever going to be able to afford it in the slightest, which is a shame. Are you still not um, up for a, a, I just a, a cruise? Don't get, well, I don't I might, you know, Disney-wise it'd be different. I want to go to Castaway Key, but I'm not a great boat ship person. You're not, really. you're not a big boat ship person. No, that's very true. Uh, I, I, the other thing to check out, uh, as it's linked with this, um, if you go over to DisneyBrit.com, you'll find a video on there of the recent storm that the Disney cruise ship was involved mm. in. And someone uh, posted a video of uh, just how rough it was out there. And it's unbelievably rough. And they managed to Is go out. crazy? On... Yeah, all the shops on board <laughs> and stuff were all, all smashed up. All the merchandise was on the shore. All windows were smashed. And... Yeah, it's mental. It's I've never seen it. anything like it. Stores, isn't there? Yes. With a bag of swag on it, you know. <laughs> back into its looting mode. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah, something like that. Someone was looting. Uh, well, anyway, that's all of the news we've got and rumours from uh, America. We're jumping on a plane flying over to Disneyland Paris because we've got some information to share with you about one of the coming attractions. Uh, we've heard about this Ratatouille Dark Ride that's supposed to be coming. It is being built. The only thing is um, we kind of don't know when it's being built and we don't know the name of it or what exactly is going to be in it, but we have found out a little bit more. Uh, there's a cast member who works over at Disneyland Paris who's been tweeting out recently a lot of information with regards to this new attraction. So let me tell you the stuff that we know. There's quite a bit of, of stuff here, so let's go through them and, and tell you. So construction on the Ratatouille-themed ride from Walt Disney Studios is making great progress, and this is what apparently is going to be happening. The new ride area will include a street leading up to a square where you can find an attraction, a table service restaurant, and restrooms. There are plans to integrate a shop into this area, surprise, surprise, on a short term uh, after the opening. The theme of the area will be inspired, obviously, by a version of Paris that you'll find in Disney Pixar's film Ratatouille. And the theme of the area will be inspired um, from, well, will be part of Studio 4 building, which is going to be given a, a fake facade to make it look like that inspiration of Paris. And it's supposed to represent uh, the houseman architecture of a Paris city. The table service restaurant will most likely be named La Ratatouille and will provide a never-before-used concept in the resort, which will be interesting. The new restaurant rooms will be placed in the former costume workshop. The ride name itself, Kitchen Calamity, which is the one that seems to be banded about, uh, is far from official. It could change. But the ride is going to see three separate queues. It's going to see a standby, a fast pass, and a single rider queue. And all three queue lines will be completely separate from each other, except for the distribution of 3D glasses. Now, whilst queuing, apparently guests are going to meet him as Gusto, or rather than himself, a ghost of Gusto, who's going to guide them through the queue line. The standby line will have a covered extension between the ride and Studio 4 building, and the covered fast pass machines will be found at the corner of Studio 4 building in the Parisian streets. 
Now, shrunk to the size of a rat, guests will board their vehicle and they can hold that can hold up to six people and it will be on the rooftops of Paris. Now, the trackless ride vehicles are in the shape of rats and they will be able to rotate completely and will be equipped with hydraulic cylinders. Uh, a single rider's queue line is needed as the ride vehicle will hold two rows of three people. Good, uh, good thinking. The ride storyline will be in the same order as that of the film. It will mainly take place in the kitchen where Linguini is working. It's a mixture of classic dark ride and 3D projection uh, screens, a little bit alike, I suppose, uh, they've done with Harry Potter in Universal Studios. Uh, there's going to be a trolley chase where guests will experience the cold of a huge fridge, the heat of an oven, and a load more surprises. And all of the 3D projections have been made by Pixar and are really apparently going to be difficult to distinguish from reality. And basically, we're expecting this to open sometime in the year 2000, or the financial year of 2014. What do you think about this, Joe? Is this something that's getting you excited about going back to Disneyland Paris and trying it out? Definitely, it sounds brilliant. I, I love it. I love the whole concept of it. Um, and this is exactly what Disneyland Paris should be doing. Is, is when they're looking at stuff like this, publicise it as much as possible, push it out there, and get the fans keen to come back. Uh, yes, it's yeah. got my two thumbs up. I think it sounds amazing, Kez. Mm. Uh, yeah, we've been waiting for something exciting to happen at Disneyland Paris for a while to entice us back, and we this will definitely do it. It sounds like something um, similar to what they did with Transformers in California. That ride is amazing. And it had... Um, so you get into one of these carts, and that I think that was three people in the front, three people in the back, go along a track, and then there would be um, real-life objects, like there was half a bus sticking out one of the screens with a bit of a transformer on top, and then a 3D screen merged with that. Right. And this uh, Decepticon jumped on top of the bus and kind of sprung out, and it did look like the bus and all the everything was real. It didn't feel like it was you were watching 3D at all. And that goes, so then it uh, journeys down a track as well at the same time, so I think it's going to be similar to that. And that is literally like the best ride at Universal. And also with it, though, this time, uh, it looks like this is going to be trackless, which means it's going to have the opportunity to really turn round mm. and move. It's very much like the Pooh's Honey Hunt out in, in Asia, the, the version they built up there. Uh, and it's going to allow it to move. And I think one of the great things about this, if it's a trackless ride system, will that mean that if they want to change part of the attractions, they will be able to do that fairly easily because there's no track to get in the way? I'd imagine so. I would think so. I don't know. Judge, you're kind of our technology guru. I suppose that's fairly simple to do. Yeah. And I think this is the whole point of, of what we discussed before. We have the technology now. If you're going to make a ride, make it something that can be changed, whether it's, you know, a Toy Story menu and you can change things. We've talked about mm. projection systems on fronts of buildings. Yeah. You have the ability to make rapid changes to things a very little expense to continue on. Never in our history have we had that ability to do. And it's great to see all these, you know, Disney more than any other place has taken up this concept of build an attraction or do something to an attraction that can be changed, added to, to sort of spice up the life again. Uh, and they do it more than anyone else does. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to this coming. 2014 is going to be awesome if this is definitely on its way. So, fingers crossed, this is going to be coming. Right, that is all of our Disney news and rumours. We're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, Kez is going to talk to us all about her Disneyland adventure and tell us just what Disneyland is like with all of those wonderful, lovely places. So, we'll be back in a few minutes. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumours? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com. 
your number one source for the magical world of Disney. We have visual contact. Go, go, go! <laughs> Make way for the big howdy, partners! Climb aboard! Carnivores versus pork bellies! You're on, old school! Your mission, get there. The all-new attraction, Toy Story Mania. It's 4D, which is one better than 3D. Oh, security! Oh. Eh, works every time. Now at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeehaw! Hello, everyone. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson from Walt Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And I'm giving a big shout-out to all my friends listening to Orlando Sky Radio. You are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Right then, it's heading over to Kaz, because you got to do something that neither myself or Joseph have managed to do yet, which is head out to California and enjoy all of the wonderful things that happen out of that particular resort. So do you want to just fill us in a little bit on what you did as part of your Disney experience while you were out there? Yeah. Uh, so we spent two weeks in California. The first week we spent up in Burbank around all the film studios and did um, tours of like Warner Brothers and stuff and saw some guys from the Big Bang Theory, which was amazing. Highlight of the holiday. <laughs> and yeah, I saw the, the photo. The second you, week you we spent in Anaheim, that. which is where Disneyland is. Yep. And we had a five-day park hopper ticket. So for two of the days, we just spent pottering around going to um, the outlet mall and spending obscene amounts of money in Hollister, but getting lots of stuff. So that it's good. So good. if you're by in Anaheim, just get all your stuff from Hollister there because it's like, I think I got uh, 10 items for 58 quid. Wow. Is, I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've decided we'd never shop in English Hollister again. Do you but want to... going uh, on to the Disney part of Yeah, it, I was going to say, um, do you want to explain a little bit? We didn't bit? stay at one of the Disney hotels, unfortunately, because they are obscenely expensive. Like, right. I've never seen prices like it. There was no way for um, the seven days we were there that we would be able to afford it. It literally must have been about three or four times the price of um, oh, wow. staying in Florida in a moderate for two weeks. Okay, that's so quite it expensive. it was just crazy, crazy money. But they have a number of good neighbour hotels, and there must be about 10 of those. And they're literally situated within, I think it took us no more than 10 minutes to walk from our hotel to Disneyland. And we could see California Adventure out the window of the breakfast room in our hotel. Okay. Um, and so the, I think the first day we went to Disney's California Adventure, which is, um, it's got the front that is similar to Hollywood Studios in Florida. Right. But it includes rides from Epcot and Animal Kingdom and the studios. And the favourite, obviously, of mine being Tower of Terror, which was similar to the Paris one where you don't actually, not like the Florida one where you go through the building. I think they're, they're based on the same two, aren't they? The mirror where you see all the ghostly guests. Okay. So Joe was a bit disappointed by that because he likes the going through the hotel part. <laughs> Do you um, want, Kez, do you want to just explain whereabouts Anaheim actually is? Because there's a lot of people who go out to California who kind of say, well, is it, you know, which airport do I go into? Is it smack bang in the middle of the city? Is it okay. miles out? Yeah, uh, we flew into LAX 
and it's a 45 minute drive though we took a more okay. we went on the pacific coast highway because we wanted to do to do that as part of our like journey yeah and that took us um two hours because we went out of our way then back round and in okay um but it shouldn't take you more than about 45 minutes to drive from lax to um anaheim and i really really recommend air new zealand I had I managed to get flights, return flights for four hundred and eighty pounds. What from the UK? Yeah. Wow. And when my I've just booked um, flights to Florida for next year, and it cost me one thousand and twenty five pounds. Great. And that was not good because I was thinking, okay, it's going to be about seven hundred, eight hundred quid because that's what it usually is. And for the wedding last year, it was six hundred and fifty. But we thought, okay, summer it's going to be a bit more expensive. Yeah. But yeah, one thousand twenty five. It's not good. So if you're going, really look at Air New Zealand. It's the best airline I've ever flown with. Gorgeous food, massive seats. And we got window, because on Virgin flights, um, you have the four seats in the middle, which are economy, and the ones on the outside are premium premium economy. Right. And all the seats, basically left and right and the middle, are all economy in Air New Zealand. So you can get a nice window seat with lots oh, of legroom. Okay. And the entertainment's very good on there as well, because you get all the latest... Films. So I had the Madagascar film that isn't even. It only just came oh, out just over came here. Out here. That was on the plane. So you said forty-five minutes away. Is that <laughs> easily accessible by train or is it really bus, car, um, that sort of stuff? It would be more of a car or a bus. Okay. Sort of a giant journey. Because I've got some friends who I know went out to California this past summer. They did a bit of a road trip and they said they got to uh, Anaheim or got to Los Angeles and they couldn't work out how to get to Disneyland because they didn't have a car. Um, so you're saying that obviously personal transport or bus or something like that is obviously quite important. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd recommend a bus. But driving, to be honest, we've never driven out in America before. It was Joe's first time driving and right, driving okay. aut- automatic, which was quite an interesting automatic. experience for the first 15 minutes when we'd been flying for like 10 and a half hours. Yeah. And that's another good thing about Air New Zealand. Um, the flight time was like two hours less than it's supposed to be. So that was good. Oh, okay. Um but yeah, I really recommend like if you can drive and you feel comfortable. It's not stressful driving unless you drive in LA and the road rage in LA is mental. People will, are like honking all the time and hmm. you keep your doors locked. But you're in a convertible, so that doesn't help. Sorry, you were in a convertible, so that doesn't help. And that, well, he does because we had the top on most. Oh, okay. Except for then when we were posing around Hollywood, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the the driving from. Um, LAX to Anaheim is all straight roads pretty much and quite easy going. It's just like being on a motorway, really. Right. Easy, easy driving. But So, yeah, if you can drive, I recommend driving. And cars out there are not that expensive. And we went with Alamo and they were really good. Uh And the Desert Palms Hotel where we stayed, which I don't necessarily recommend after staying there. It was a bit noisy and busy, but I'll get onto why it was so busy shortly. Okay. Um... So there was unfortunately an event happening that we didn't realise was happening until we actually got there. And Joe goes, why is everyone wearing red T-shirts? Right. Do you know why everyone was wearing red T-shirts? I have no idea. I'm too bad to <laughs> tell It's a thing that I've heard of happen in Disney World in oh, is it, was it the gay... May, beginning of June. The gay... Is it gay, like gay pride thing, goes, gay days? Why are all those men holding hands and they're all wearing red T-shirts? <laughs> and this is when we went down to downtown Disney the night we got there. And I was like, I don't know. I said, it rings a bell, and then Joe goes, oh, they've got something written on it, and it said gay days. So unfortunately, because it was gay days for the long weekend, because I had Columbus Day at the end of that as well, 
every day, but our very first day was absolutely crowded. I've never seen anything like it. Right. And so, so the pinnacle of of going to Disneyland was going to see the new Cars Land, yeah. which is absolutely beautiful. I can, it's a complete scale replica of Radiator Springs. Right. Okay. But as soon as you enter the studio, it's like, oh look, there's a massive queue. What's that for? And this is right at the studio um, gates. Sorry, not studios. I get confused because it looks the same. California Adventure. California Adventure yeah. <laughs> gates. There is a queue that went all the way through the new Buena Vista Street. Yeah. All the way up to a Bugs Life Land, yeah. And I was like, "What the hell is this for?" So it must be the queue for the new Cars Land because Cars Land is next to um, a Bugs Land, uh-huh. and it was just the queue for the fast passes, <gasps> which tend to go within the for the whole day's allocation of fast passes tend to go in the first hour for this ride, and you can be queuing in that fast pass queue for just to get the ticket for an hour. And sometimes you're queuing and then they run out because that happened to us. We joined the queue and we're queuing there for like 20 minutes and they go, right, that's it, gone for the day. Wow. That's immense. And, yeah, and the standby was a three or four hour queue. Because it took you, is it three or four days to actually four get days, it? Uh, four days. Four days for it. And it was really frustrating. On our five day park hopper ticket, and this is another thing if people are getting these hopper tickets, they come with a, it says extra magic hour morning. Yeah on your ticket it doesn't specify which park there's no terms and conditions or anything specifying it right we got up really early missed breakfast at the hotel dragged joe along going come on right we queued up for ages and as soon as they open the park for extra magic hours after we've been queuing for an hour yeah they go oh um sorry you're not a hotel guest so you can't come in and we're like right so that didn't say that anywhere and so there was a whole mob of really really cheesed off people um, that couldn't get in because they have these tickets with the extra magic mornings written on them, but it doesn't specify what them. park. And so there's so many angry guests right, okay. waiting outside. So then we had to wait another hour with all the hotel guests because we thought we're not even going to get a fast pass. We mm. just managed to get a fast pass that day because um, we literally legged it as soon as we got in into that fast pass queue. Yeah. And we must have been one of the last set of people to get it. So, Radiator Springs Racers, tell us a little bit about it. Well, basically, uh, you go into a, a vehicle, so it's a bit like a test track vehicle, yeah. but it's done up like a car, like one of the cars from the Pixar film with the eyes on the front. Mm-hmm. And you start taking a leisurely drive around Radiator Springs, and you see that lovely waterfall. Yeah. And then you start um, going into a, a building, and you get the big truck that Lightning McQueen is um, transported on. He comes out at you yeah. and. Um, I think it's like a truck in Test Track, if I remember rightly, that tries to like hit you and swear. There is, the yes, yes, there is. A similar thing to that. Then you go around, and you see Mater and the sheriff, and I must say the way I've got all of this on video, so we'll have to put it up. Yeah, but The definitely. way the sheriff's mouth moves and animates is absolutely mind blowing because it's just like watching the cartoon, but in real life, and it's a bit mind blowing that the technology they've used and the way Mater moves around is really crazy as well. And then you go through fields and the part of the film where they do the, ta- uh, the tractor tipping, like the yeah. cow tipping. You do that, and then the um, combine harvester chases you. And then the pinnacle of it is this race between you and another car. So basically, the track splits, and one uh, car will go into um, Guido and Luigi's tyre shop, uh-huh. and the other one goes into Ramon's body shop. Uh-huh. We went into the tyre one, and it's cool. You have a massive mirror next to the car, and you can see um, your car with you in it. And... Then the curtains fall over the mirror and they go, right, we're changing your tyres. So the car bounces around on hydraulics as if the tyres are being taken off and put on again. Yeah. And when they reveal it again, you've got the white rim tyres on. Oh, wow, okay. Which is pretty cool. 
then you both come out of the things and you um, wait for the race to start and then the other car pulls up next to you and then you go, this is like the exciting part of the ride where you go. Um, it didn't feel like it went as fast as test track, but apparently it does. But I think it's just because there's such an expanse of track because this thing goes on for like miles. It's crazy like how long this ride is. So it, you can't, it is a payoff for waiting that long yeah. to go. I don't think I would queue three or four hours in the heat in uh, California, but it was worth the, the little wait that we had and the, the struggle to get the fast pass. But yes, yeah, so you, you race round and then one car wins, one car doesn't. And now, we've only got a few minutes left until the end of the show. So uh, I think we've probably got um, enough to come back to this at a later date mm-hmm. and really talk about everything in detail. But do you want to sort of very quickly explain obviously we've got Disneyland Paris if we're in the UK which is only mm-hmm. a few hours flight away you've got if you're in the US uh, certainly if you're on the east coast you've got obviously Disney World is Disneyland enough of a different park for people from the UK say to warrant traveling all the way over to the other side of the USA when they've got Walt Disney World so close oh yes I definitely say so because not only obviously the park is amazing, but California itself is amazing. And just being there and knowing that that's the park that Walt made, I think it was that yeah. special feeling. So being in um, the Main Street USA in Disneyland and watching the fireworks was just absolutely incredible, knowing that I'm standing where he was standing and watching it. It's that special feeling. So if you're a big Disney fan, I would definitely say you've got to make the pilgrimage to see it. And another highlight, if you come in September, October... You get to see the Haunted Mansion holiday. That is the oh, best course, thing ever. Of course, yeah. So you saw Haunted Mansion holiday mm-hmm. on, on your trip. And uh, was there a lot of Halloween stuff about why you were there yeah, as well? Yeah, there was loads of Halloween. There was a Halloween party as well. It's, uh, I think it's just called Mickey's Halloween Party, so it's not, they're not so scary. Um, and they have uh, they changed their Space Mountain as well to Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. That's right. And that's very, very cool. So um, when- you've been now um is it a sort of place that you're planning on going back to again in a couple of years or is it something you're going to yeah, give a rest we've already you started planning oh wow already <laughs> We're okay. absolutely california obsessed now i don't think we'll go uh we went for five days and we're quite glad that we did because of all the um crowding that there was with yeah. the gay days and columbus days uh-huh. but i think it's something you could easily do within three days so next time we go back i think we'll only do the three days but maybe look at staying at a disney hotel <laughs> okay rob a bank yeah, Robert Bank can do it that way. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, I think we've we've got a lot to talk about with Disneyland. You know, we've not even touched on some of the different attractions that they have there that we have in Walt Disney World. We have in Disneyland Paris and what the differences and similarities between those are because you're in quite a unique position in the fact you've done Disneyland Paris, you've done Walt Disney World, you've done Disneyland, and mm-hmm. you can compare those three separate attractions together uh, and see what they're actually like. But yeah, sadly, we've uh, we've pretty much run out of time. But if you have been to Disneyland and you want to share your experiences, tips, anything like that, particularly if you're from the UK and you want to talk about how you got over there or you know you're from the US and you want to talk about how you've done it as well please do let us know you can email us radio at disneybrit.com and we can incorporate that into the show uh, as well also don't forget tweet us at disneybrit.com as well and you can uh, input your stuff there and also over on our Facebook page as well but um I can't believe we've we've come to the end of the show I thought you know we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about Disneyland and then we didn't have plenty of time to talk about Disneyland because we ran out of time because we were talking about everything else. But uh, that means if it's the end of the show, it means this. Disneyland. 
And that means we are well and truly coming towards the end of our hour with you. And I uh, want to thank our sponsors, Attraction Tickets Direct. You can get hold of those, attractiontickets.co.uk. And you can get all your ticket needs for California, for Disney uh, Disney World, for Disneyland Paris, for all of you are the Orlando attractions as well. I want to thank Jess for, Jess for joining me. Hello, Jess. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. He's still here. He's, he, I think he may have fallen asleep in something during that last 20 minutes or so thank you Kaz for sharing your Disneyland wisdom no problem and of course you can continue to contact us I've just said you can get us on Twitter at Disney Brit you can get us over on uh, email which is uh, radio at DisneyBrit.com and of course you can uh, get hold of us if you go over to Facebook and go to our Disney Brit fan page also you've got our YouTube channel which hopefully I would think we're going to be putting the Cars Land video up on very soon um, maybe Kes will be able to get that over to us and we can put that up on YouTube as well as some of the other bits and pieces that Kes has been busy doing as well and of course this show is available via iTunes as are all of the past radio shows that we do just search for Disney Brit over on iTunes you can listen to that you've of course got I on Orlando that's every Sunday you can come and join us at I on Orlando that is at 5pm Eastern 10pm UK time and we talk about everything else to do with Orlando and everything that goes on in the area as well as the Disney parks and uh, um, as well as that, you've got the Disney um, Island Discs radio show that returns again next Monday evening. That is at the same time as this show, 4pm Eastern, 9pm UK, where we are going to be looking at Pirates and Princesses on our next show. So we're going to be playing you music from both Pirates and Princesses, all inspired with those wonderful people. And uh, that is pretty much it, I believe. And that lives, leaves me with nothing else to say other than the next Disney Brit radio show will be here on our live on Orlando Sky Radio on Monday, the 19th of November. November. So until then, we'll see you.